Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Happy Wednesday. If you're counting that on was you, not a question. They're, they're counting on <laughs> you for Wednesday. that information. You should probably put it in the notes before we start. <laughs> this is important. This is 6 a.m. A lot it's of people Wednesday. are rolling out of bed. They're, they're, you know, know. they're know. looking for that assurance. I felt confident, and then I just... I lost it last second there. <laughs> oh, boy. Janet has confirmed that it is, is, in fact, Wednesday. Okay. Good morning, uh, Janet. <laughs> we got fact checkers. <laughs> oh. Well, Gabby, what are we talking about today? Well, I think yesterday said we were going to kind of leave it open. If somebody had a question or wanted to call in, um, that we would kind of spitball off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody has anything they want to talk about. Otherwise, we have lots of stuff we could talk about. Yeah. Well, we obviously got lots going on. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of dealing with like filling a vacancy right now. So we could probably, you know, dive into a little bit about rental properties and um, that kind of stuff. Interesting you say that because someone was asking about that. You know, can we talk about... Um, can we talk about that tenant that moved out and then, you know, filling that vacancy? Um, just... Because I haven't asked you. Mm-hmm. Um, I just completely lost my train of thought. Have we? Did we talk about that tenant moving out? That tenant moving out and and how we handled that termination? Uh, we did a little bit. Yeah, we did. We brought it up last week, I think. And did we go deep into how we made that decision of whether we were going to terminate or not? I don't really recall. Yeah, we did because we okay. talked about yeah, um, yeah, break, breaking leases or abandoning leases and that sort of thing and. Mm-hmm. Normally we don't negotiate, but we uh, we decided to do an early termination fee penalty. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah. she's out now. It's all repaired. Um, yeah, we did a big freshen. We had it all repainted, and um, some closet doors were coming off of their tracks and stuff. So got all the doors fixed, and yeah, it's ready to go. It was interesting because um, I went in there last week, and uh, I hadn't been in that unit in a while. Yeah, like years. Yeah, it was one of our it was one of our few first units. I've done um, all of the inspections there over the past couple of years, so yeah, you haven't been in there in a long time. And it, it's so funny to because all of our our suites and houses they've, um, uh, they've progressively gotten newer. Yeah, they're either they're either new builds or we've gutted and and totally renovated, renovated them. Yeah. yeah, so they're all brand new stuff. And that's I I believe that is like only the only one that has not been updated. Yeah, and I went in and I'm like, "What? Are, what are these handles doing here? These handles are from like the bra- 80s, brass handles." <laughs> and I'm like, "I don't remember these light fixtures." And I go to turn on the light switch, and it's like an older yellowish light switch. I'm like, "What the? What? Yeah, you know what though? It's clean. It's been well taken care of. Mm-hmm. Like, although it's not like stunningly beautiful and updated, it's a great little unit. And for its, you know, like neighborhood and for its um, tenant profile, like yeah. it's just. It's what it needs to be. It's great. Well, I'm it's walking, our best cash flowing property. That is, it is. <laughs> and I'm I'm walking through it naturally. And I'm like, why don't? 
God, why don't we just get the guy to come over here and replace all these handles, replace these light fixtures, replace these light switches, replace these receptacles. Um, you know what I mean? All these little things. But then I start adding it up and I'm like, oh God, well, if I do that, I got to do that. If you do that, then you might as well do that. Yeah. Next thing you know, it's, it's thousands it's of dollars yeah. and it's not going to increase the rental yeah. because that's just what that suite gets for rent. We're, yeah. we're getting it already. It's not going to change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I posted um, a picture of it on my stories uh, a couple days ago and yeah, it's just like a pretty dated kitchen, but in a sense that like, it's still nice and clean and well-maintained and yeah, it's just, it's uh yeah, it's just our, our cute little cash cow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. And yeah, it, it's just, it's, it's when you go in there, it's just, it's hard not to want to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I want to gut that kitchen so bad. All the space in there for like all the cupboards. It would probably be a pretty expensive kitchen though. Cause there is a lot of space for cupboards. Well, even just <laughs> after our last, uh, our last flip, um, you know, and using the older brown cabinets, reusing them and replacing them with new black handles and putting a fresh new slab of uh, granite countertop on there. Mm-hmm. It just, it completely changed the whole area. And I just know that if I pull out that old laminate green countertop and put a new nice white one and change the handles, yeah, suddenly that suite, that is literally, I think that in the, in the tub surround in the bathroom, that is all that's, that's holding it back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We had the um, tub reglazed as well. Yeah. Which, yeah. It was kind of like that old uh, beigey on the verge of it's like almost bone, pinkish. Oh, bone. Yeah, okay. I think yeah. It's called bone. Yeah. So we had it reglazed to white. So now the backsplash is kind of sticking out as a sore thumb in there, but <laughs> bit uh, by bit. It's on that note, I don't updates. even know if I talked to you about this, but um, the reglazer, he could have uh, glazed the, the, the tile tubs around. Okay. He, it was an option. Um, I was on his website and I saw it. I literally saw a bone tub and bone tubs around and looked literally exactly. I, I thought he somehow found a picture of our bathroom. <laughs> thought it was ours. <laughs> and um, I saw it and he glazed the whole thing and I asked him and what he had said was that uh, he definitely can, but it was going to be like twice as much. Uh-huh. I thought it was just going to be, hey, while you're there, do you mind spraying the rest? Yeah. It's going to be twice as much uh, in cost. And he said it only lasts for about five years. Uh, and I'm like, well, we're definitely going to replace that before then. Yeah. So, and it's fine. Like I said, like the unit's clean, like everything's clean and yeah. nothing's broken or chipped or like all that kind of stuff. Like it's sure it's dated, but it's a great little property. Yeah. I guess while we're talking about all this, um, you know, it reminds me, um, cause I, I, I get lots of different questions, you know, sent to me through text and through messenger and through coaching calls mm-hmm. and, um, Things that I don't really think about much anymore, but I remember when people are, are new in real estate investing, these are things that are, people are considering and thinking about. And uh, one of the questions I got recently was, what, would someone even rent that? And, and they were referring to um, a condo. Um, I, I, I can't remember the context. Townhouse or apartment? I think it was townhouse. Okay. Um, we were, I, I can't remember the context, but it was something along the lines of... Um, they were looking at getting their first property. They only had this much money kind of thing. Oh, and they hadn't considered townhouses. And they hadn't considered it because they thought nobody would ever rent a townhouse as a townhouse. Um, and I've heard the question before, same thing with like when people discussing, you know, having suites in a single family home. Mm-hmm. Wh- who would rent a basement suite? I'd never rent a basement suite. Mm-hmm. I'd never rent a main floor with someone, you know, down below or above. Um, and And it's... You don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah, for sure. When, when I think about them, yeah, absolutely, I agree with you. Um, 
There's a, there's a literally a suite for everybody <laughs> for every stage of life. You know what I mean though? And that's how I, yeah. that's how I look at it. It's like, it's really about stages of life and of course, income levels that come yeah, with that. affordability, affordability. But like, if you think about, you know, like kid moving out of his parents' house for the first <clears throat> time, you know, like what can they realistically He's afford? He's Subway. Like they could maybe afford an apartment or possibly a basement suite, but even basement suites are getting up there in price. You know, Absolutely. once you get a two or three bedroom basement suite, like they can get pretty pricey. So probably an apartment mm -hmm. is where most people would start. And then you have somebody above you, somebody below you, somebody on either side of you. You're giving up, you're yeah. sacrificing. You don't something. have a yard, you know, like all those types of things. So, which, you know, not having a yard when you're 20 is probably <clears> or 18. It's probably a good thing because you're probably not going to maintain it. <laughs> it's, it's for the best. Yeah. But, you know, like there's that kind of like entry level. And then <clears throat> maybe get into a relationship and they move into your apartment and then you guys realize that you want maybe something. Now you can afford a little bit more because, you know, two incomes. So yeah. moving into maybe that basement suite type of situation. And mm -hmm. yeah, it sucks living in a basement suite. You have somebody above you. It's probably a family with kids, maybe a dog. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's important and investors, they have a, um, I see a lot that investors have a hard time wrapping their head around um, who could live here and why they would live here because they're so in their own head of like what they would want. Yeah. Very similar to like flips. You know what I mean? You're always trying to put the things that you want, you know, the finishes that you want, the paint colors, the accent wall, the handles and that kind of stuff, but it's not about you. Um, as Gabby said, there's a suite for everyone. Um, and different people are at different points in their life and have different affordabilities. And that is what is available for them. It's not about what you would rent. Um, so yes, I mean, to answer that person's question, 100% people rent townhouses. I think that there's more, I think there's more tenant, uh, prospects in the tenant pool Looking that would rent townhouses yeah. as opposed to you know, there's more that would rent townhouses than there would renting single family homes. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's just that, that I think that falls or breaks down to just affordability, right? Affordability. And also it's like that sweet, that sweet spot between say renting a main floor where you have somebody below you. Sure. You got your yard. That was great. Um, but then you, you know, are having arguments with the basement tenant. So it's like a step up from that, mm -hmm. but you can't quite afford your, a single family house yet because that rent can get quite expensive. So it's like that sweet spot where, you know, a lot of townhouses do have little backyards. You do have your own space or they have nice green spaces so you can mm -hmm. enjoy it. But you have like, it is basically a, a house. It's your yeah. own house. And, and and where we're operating, where we're investing, we're not in Toronto. We're not, yeah. we're, it's not like we're talking about $3,000, you know, one bedroom apartments Rent, yeah. here like this. <laughs> This is, this is actually, we probably live in one of the most affordable cities, yeah. you know, for, for what we have, yeah. for being a, a big city with a hockey team. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think that we're actually quite affordable, um, all things considered. Um, so again, we're not, we're not talking about a crazy amount, but for someone, again, like I, I, we use the example of someone who just moved out of their mom's house or the you know, works at Subway or maybe Best Buy. We're talking entry level, you know, service industry, um, sales. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just minimum wage, 15 to $20. There's not enough money for them. They don't make enough money in order to, to rent a house at 
$1,700 a month or a townhouse at $1,300 a month, they're probably going to be looking at your first entry level um, rental units. And that would, what would you say is probably the most affordable? I would probably say apartment. I mean, I see those things listed anywhere from like seven seventy five to nine ninety five. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you might get over the thousand dollar mark once you get into like a fancier apartment, but like you can find something well under a thousand. And and most of those include heat. Yeah, they include some of and water. Water. Yeah, they include some of your utilities. So yeah, it's a uh, it's what you can afford when you're starting out. <laughs> mm. Janet said here in the comments, we ourselves have to remind her, we have to remind ourselves all the time. It's not about us. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. They talk about all this and, you know, in all your beginner courses and your beginner books that, you know, be conscious of your tenant profile. So before you're buying a property, you have to think about who is moving into this. Yeah. Who is your, who's your client? Yeah. Just like starting any business, right? You need to, if you're going to sell a product, it could be a great product, but who's going to buy it, right? Um, Julie has a comment here. We have multiple Kathleen. condo units. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Kathleen, you need to change your, your handle. <laughs> I can't see, I can't see your picture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have multiple condo units of different styles and there really is a type of person for every type of home. Sadly, there's many people who think they can afford more than they really can. Yeah, yeah you can sure. get into a lot of trouble with that. You know, you have to make sure that you are uh, screening them properly and making sure it fits within their affordability because if you put someone into something that they can't afford, it's just inevitable that they're going to miss a payment or they're going to yeah. fall behind. And It's basically like you're acting like you're the bank. Like if you think about when you go to buy a house, the yeah. bank's job is to make sure that you can afford to buy the house. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with being a landlord. You need to make sure that they can afford it. So you need to check their income and like, what's our sweet spot? We usually try to make sure that um, rent isn't over 30% of their, mm. of the household income. So. Yeah. Which it, it can, it can be kind of sad sometimes though. Um, when you run into some families who have three, four kids, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, you can't say, or you shouldn't say, well, maybe you shouldn't have so many kids. <laughs> you can't, you can't do that, but you sympathize, um, with the situation that they're in because it's hard, you know, to find something single mom or, you know, a, a, a two income family, but you know, they don't bring in that much. Um, maybe they're both minimum wage, they still need a, a roof yeah. and, and, and enough beds for their kids. And, um, you know, if all they can afford is a two bedroom apartment, yeah, I mean, that's kind of tugs on the heartstrings a little bit, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you want to, and you feel bad for them. And I hear this all the time. I gave them a chance. Yeah. I knew their credit wasn't all that good and I knew they weren't making enough, but they, they assured me and I gave them a chance because I, I felt really good about them. And then you hear the stories. Yeah, Um, Yeah, got to remember that it's a business. mm -hmm. Yeah, as hard as it can be sometimes. You're (sighs) not, you're not, ultimately, we, you, are not responsible for other people's lives and other people's decisions. We are here to provide a service for people who fit into the service that we are providing. Mm -hmm. Um. I am guilty of it. Surprisingly. Yeah. I've done it before a few times and Gabby loves to remind me. Yeah. Loves to rub it in my face. Wayne makes the the worst decisions when I'm not around when it comes to tenants. Well, that's why you don't let me fill vacancies. (laughs) Sometimes I have to send you. 
It's just, this is life. This is, we have a busy life and a kid. Sometimes I need to send Wayne and he's always like, yep, nailed it. And I'm like, oh God, here we go. <laughs> it's kind of like, I, I, it's kind of like the dishwasher example. Um, you know, Are you talking about me? Sorry, go ahead. The dishwasher example <laughs> of, you know, I, I don't know how to fill the dishwasher. Oh. And then when you get me to fill the dishwasher, I put all the plates and the, and the, and the spoons in the You wrong make it spots. as ridiculous as you can so that I don't ask you again. And yeah, uh, I, 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 I wish that were the case for when I fill vacancies, but I've had a pretty bad track record <laughs> um, for filling vacancies because I, I like to base it off of character um, and not so much, you know, a credit score. Yeah. And um, when I meet someone, I'm a pretty decent judge of character. And I and this applies to my other business as well with financing. I need to know that this is the type of person that's going to do what they say they're going to do. I'm not going to allow some number to to to, to determine that I, I like I'm going to look at that person and they're going to give me, they're going to tell me how and if, if they can convince me, then it's good. But unfortunately, it just even just recently. Um, Polar Meadows, um, that main floor suite, there was a woman mm -hmm. and, you know, she was really, really struggling. She pulled out Wayne's heartstrings. <laughs> she was, she was struggling finding a place for her kids. And like, she was going back to school and she had all these government assistant, assisted programs. And I'm like, in my eyes, I'm like, those are guaranteed. You know, it's not as if, you know, like she wasn't getting enough hours. No, she had guaranteed income. She was going to school, but some of, so that was good. And then based on everything she told me and, and a little bit of, you know, sympathy for her situation because she was just trying to find a safe place for her kids. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I allowed it. And, um, what ended up happening was that some of those government assisted programs either, weren't confirmed or they fell through. So then No, the program ended. The program the, pro oh, the program was shut down. <laughs> I wasn't really involved. The program shut down. So that it, you know now that income that Wayne thought was guaranteed, it's from the government. Yeah. The program was axed. I think I made a good decision with the with the things that I had, had to Yeah. I I but wouldn't I, have said yes. <laughs> and mm, I don't want to get too far into this, but I um I, I can relate with my upbringing and having that many kids, more mm -hmm. kids mm -hmm. and single mom and jumping from house to house and new schools every year. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I don't I can't, I lost count how many schools I went to. Yeah. Um, so I can relate and it reminded me of my mom a lot. Yeah. And my mom made a lot of questionable decisions. Um, but, uh, yeah, so based on all that being considered, I'm like, okay, she's got the stuff and she's going to be a great long-term tenant, right? Mm -hmm. And if you if that and that's another thing is is that for that type of suite, going back to there's a suite for everyone. Mm -hmm. For that type of suite, she would have been there for years. Yes, yeah, she if yeah, if she had been able to get that funding and, you know, keep the income together, she would have yeah, definitely stayed for a long time. Um so yeah, it, the heartstrings was was um, was personal, and I and that is not me. I'm the yeah. one that always says treat it like a business. Yeah, um, I get. I suppose that's that's 
And that's why I don't empty the dishwasher anymore or load the dishwasher. <laughs> How did you get back there? <laughs> I, yeah, it, it is what it is. But I, I hear it all the time. I hear it all the time. And literally every time I see um, on those landlord groups, you know, the tenant took advantage of me of my generosity. I gave them a chance, like literally every single one, I gave them a chance and, and they screwed me over. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's unfortunate. I, I wish, I wish there were more options for people within that income range. Yeah, for sure. I don't think it could be any more affordable though. And I, yeah. Increasing the minimum wage, giving rental support and and rent control. It's not going to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can't solve that problem either. No. Um, so that's kind of depressing. <laughs> and that's our show. So we're, yeah, where do you, where, where, where do we go from there? <laughs> a sweet for ev- well, we're saying uh, like the moral of the story is a sweet for everyone, but unfortunately, there isn't. There's a, a sweet lack for, of yeah. There there is a gap there. Yeah. And I'm trying, I guess, as I'm working through it, I'm trying to find a solution. That's me. I'm a, I'm a problem solver. Yeah. Um, I haven't really put a whole lot of thought into this. Um, and that's, that's why, that's why when I get in those situations, you throw me in that room and tell me to go and find someone. I, I have a great meeting with that person. I'm like, that's perfect. I'm going to solve that problem. And yet, you know, it didn't work out. And I, it wasn't her fault. It was the program that canceled. So I, I, I feel kind of bad about that. Um, you know, hey, call in today, guys. Uh, for, if you're listening, call in with your solutions for uh, <laughs> low-income housing. <laughs> no, but for real, um, the this show, we're open to taking it whatever direction you guys want. So if you have a question about real estate yeah, investing throw me, or – Throw me a fucking – Yeah, throw away a bone. He needs a yeah. – Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I um, – you know what? But that's, that's part of – that's part of my – Belize or you know my my goal is is giving back i have things that you know my goals you, you gotta you gotta you gotta make it first you gotta get to a point where you can give back first i'm not gonna start a low-income house right now like it's like i can but i'm not gonna risk everything that i've built and you know put my family at risk you know for something like that um but you know in the future i would love to i've always oh man I mean, I've always said this, I'd love to find someone who's in a lot of trouble and, you know, say, for example, they're asking for money and just to be able to say how much money, you know what I mean? To be able to go sit and have coffee with them and then just work out a plan. Because I'm, I'm sure there's not, not everyone is willing to and, and capable of turning their life around. But, yeah. you know, I don't like just handing someone $5 and saying, good luck. I would love to sit down with someone and just work out a plan. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's going on? You don't have a car? You don't have clothes? Okay, car clothes. What else? Let's work through it. Work our way backwards. How are we going to get you to turn this thing around? Because it's easy. There is a solution. Mm-hmm. Just throwing money at it to, or, you know, creating some sort of an income house just doesn't, you know, a low-income house just doesn't solve the problem. Yeah. There's a solution for everyone. They just need a little bit of help and a kickstart. And and in a lot of cases, I, I feel like it would just be five or $10,000. Five or $10,000 I could solve that person's, you know. Get life. them on their feet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyways. I'm going way off track, but this, this is, that's, that's my contribution. I mean, and that's what I want to do in the future is I want to, that's what I want to do. And, uh, unfortunately it's, it's, it makes it when I'm a business owner right now, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to accomplish that now yeah, um, because sure. it affects the business Yeah, because that it's not where we are right now. That e- quote unquote eviction, it was a, it was, um, 
Amicable? Uh, yeah, sure. What? <laughs> it was a mutual termination. Yeah. Um, she knew that she could no longer afford it. We knew she could no longer afford it. So we just said, hey, let's just end it here. I handled it in a way that it was her idea. Yeah. And limited the amount. Like we were, we ended up being out a little bit of money that we never I didn't pursued. chase her. Yeah. I didn't chase her. Um, but it wasn't anything major. We really mitigated the, the losses there. Um, yeah, it wasn't vacant for very long. No. But, uh, yeah, oh, man. It's... It, it actually, it wasn't vacant at all. We got it filled right away. It's just that she was, she didn't quite get caught up. So, yeah. And, and the reason why we coerced her, her into you know, her being her idea that, you know, rather than throwing an eviction at her. Yeah. Being like, hey, um, get out. <laughs> you know, was because I, we looked at it and there's there's no way. She, she had a plan. She's going to make this extra payment, this extra payment. You know, she's going to get caught up. But long term, it just wasn't sustainable. It wasn't mm -hmm. going to work. Um, as soon as you pulled away that program, there's like now suddenly she was a very, very high risk um, tenant. And yeah. So. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but we filled it with another better tenants. And yeah, well, and um, we looked at the time of year that we were at, like we were heading into um, spring and thought like, okay, this is the time. We're not going to sit and wait month <laughs> after month, get through summer with her falling behind, catching up, falling behind, catching up. And then all of a sudden we have a vacancy to fill when we need to eventually kick her out. Right. Yeah. So we're like, this is timing wise, like, you know, this is going to be an ongoing problem. Let's just deal with it now mm -hmm. and get it refilled. Great time to fill it in the spring and be on with it. So, yeah. I don't think that's anything we've, I don't think that's something we talked about on the podcast, whether it be on the morning show or the REI dad before. I, I, we've never really talked about how strategic we are when it comes to property mm -hmm. management. Mm -hmm. um, even though we're hands off to an extent, you know, um, we still oversee it and any large scale decisions like that we're heavily involved in and it, and it takes up a lot of energy. You got to be prepared for that. If you're, you know, if you're, whether you have an assistant or whether you're doing property management yourself, you have to be very strategic like that and, and, and to make sure that you're mitigating your losses as much as possible. But to, to the, to down to the letters, to the word, like, the way that we write things is is very very strategic in making sure that we get the outcome that we want. Yeah. I didn't just send her an email saying, "Hey, I don't think you can afford this anymore. Maybe we should talk about you leaving or hey, you can't afford this anymore, so we're going to have to cut you loose." No, it was very strategic cuz I I I use the word coerced, but manipulated her into into getting the outcome we wanted. I I worded it in a specific way that she decided that okay, this is my best option, mm -hmm. right? Mhm. Mm um, so you, you, you really have to think that way when you're writing those emails, make sure, and, and also be very careful on how you write emails because, you know, for us, our communication agreement is, is, says that all communication is an email unless it's an emergency. So those emails can be used against you, you know, if it ever, if you're ever going back to court or the RTDRS in our case. And, uh, so you gotta, we gotta be very cautious on, on yeah. the way, the way you word things and how they could be interpreted in a court of law. Um, down the road, especially when you're dealing with delicate items like this. So yeah, any high level um, decisions or emails that need to be sent out, we definitely get involved in. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Janet had a question here. What do you know about CMHC low income housing? I personally know nothing but want to learn how to access these loans. 
I, I know nothing. I didn't know that, that was nothing. a thing. I don't. And if, <laughs> and if someone does, please call in. Um, and if you're listening to the recorded version and you know something, send us an email at info at reimorningshow.com and, and we'll bring it up um, yeah. in the future. But if someone does know, I'd, I'd really like to know. Um, I remember another investor in our circles who looked into it as years ago, though. Mm-hmm. I remember having a conversation, but I don't remember. Yeah. Um, well, and everything changes all the time. So mm. whatever somebody might have known a few years ago is probably different. <laughs> yeah. I want to get back into the suite for everyone thing. But at the, I'm, at the same time, I'm looking at our dashboard here and I'm watching who is um, the rankings for hearts. So on Podbean, you can add hearts. What is it? Every 90 seconds or something like that? Yeah, it's like th- 300 seconds. <laughs> and I could, I could see the likes coming through. And I'm like, thank you, everyone, for that. Because I think it's some form of currency on this thing, which which what I to what I understand is that it um, it will increase our rankings. So when you search for real estate investing, it's going to, you know, ours is going to pop up first. Um, and uh, and currently Robbie is in first with 17 hearts. Wayne, every single day I'm trying to stay on the hearts so I can be the number one heart giver. So <laughs> yesterday when we finished the show, I like Gabby's like frantically tapping on her phone before before I, uh, before ended I, end, the live. I ended the live. And she's like, yes. She's like, I'm <laughs> the number one heart. Apparently she was she was fighting with someone throughout the whole hour to try and get more hearts. And currently Gabby's I'm coming you know, for you, Robbie. She's coming. She's all oh, you guys are close. It's it's 17 to 15. And Janet is not far behind with 11 hearts. It's like I'm I'm watching the ponies here. <laughs> it's I'm, Kathleen. Kathleen's in third. <laughs> oh, oh, the, oh, it's a tie. They're neck and neck. Oh, are they? Oh, okay. Yeah, Maybe mine's not uh, quite up So as I'm discussing this with you, I'm putting bets on the horses <laughs> over here. <laughs> and who's going to win? <laughs> but thank you for your support, everyone. I, we really do appreciate that. Robbie says I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robbie's got a, a question here. <laughs> or maybe he's just got to smack talk you. Oh, okay, here we go. Bring it on. <laughs> Thanks for uh, hosting this, guys. This is great. Um I, I had a topic or I guess a question that's a little off topic for what we've been talking about, but I was just kind of curious about uh, for myself, I'm looking at buying my first property with my girlfriend here, likely looking at like a single family home with a suite just to kind of do that mortgage helper to, to get started. Um, yeah. But how important is it to look at uh, like your real estate agent and kind of your mortgage broker on your first one? Um, is it important to kind of work with someone that already knows investing or is it just kind of, you know, use anybody that kind of knows the market. Um, I, you know, I'm fortunate enough to know a bunch of real estate agents, so it's kind of, I have too many options right now, but uh, I just wanted to kind of get some input on your guys' thoughts on that. Yeah, that is a great question. And it's, it's uh, definitely something that we talk about being an ongoing um, kind of problem is that when people get started, they're always like, oh, my buddy's a, a realtor. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use him. It's okay. He knows he has a, he has a rental property. He knows, you know, about investments and stuff, but it is so, 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 so important to find, to build your team from the beginning. And mm-hmm. your team is your realtor, your mortgage broker, your lawyer, your um, inspector, like all those things. Mm-hmm. Build your entire team based on real estate investing focused people who really know the market, who really know, like especially realtors and mortgage brokers, because the mortgage broker is going to be able to say, okay, what's your game plan? And long-term. really make long term and really make sure they get you in with the best lender for what you're trying to do and the best terms for what you're trying to do. 
and then also the realtor to find, you know, um, an appro- like the appropriate area and the right numbers and, you know, all those types of things. Because any, like you said, you have too many options. Any realtor can go find you a house. Like they all have access to the same information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But some, yes, I would 1000% say right up from the start, if you're going to buy your first house, start building that team. Gab, do you want to talk about that sweet little rental, the little cash cow that we talked about? Yeah, our little cash cow. Yeah. So we That was one of our first ones and this is a great example. That was our actually our first um, purposefully rental property (laughs) that we went out and bought. And um, yeah, we just used our our realtor that we bought our our primary residence with. She She owns rental properties. Yeah, she owns rental properties. Of course I own rental properties. And she was fantastic. We loved her. She was so great. And and we still, I have her on social media. Like she's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. she was more of a a primary. uh, help me out, Wayne, a primary residence uh, realtor. Yeah, like a home, home <laughs> buyer. Thank home, you. Home owner, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so we were looking for a legally suited property. And we were um, house hacking early on. And we wanted to, you know, kind of like move into the into the main floor, rent out the basement, you know, that kind of thing. And so she, she found this little property and it was suited and all that kind of stuff and then we find out like later well after the purchase was made and we had everything set up we were like owned the place that it was not a legal suite and that it was going to cost however many thousands of dollars to legalize it because and of that things. we overpaid we overpaid and so significantly. we way overpaid we paid what we should have paid for a suited property at mm-hmm. the time not for an illegal suite so yeah it's like but she owned several rental properties. She had a great rental portfolio and she was, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. that was our lesson. And then on the broker side, um, it, and and you know what? Everyone's so stubborn at this. Like, no, I already know somebody. I'm going to use that person. It, they, they, they're a broker. They got the same license. Um, for realtor, don't just ask. First of all, just to close out the realtor, don't just ask the realtor if they're an investor-focused realtor. They're going to say yes. Yeah, <laughs> they're, not, they're never <laughs> yeah, going to. I've noticed that. No. Um, ask other investors within your network. Uh, whereabouts are you? What city? Uh, in Edmonton. Oh, perfect. Okay, I can name thirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, so I, I, we can we can cover that after, or you can you know just ask anybody in the area. Uh, everyone's got a guy or a girl, and uh, and um, there's lots of great um, investor-focused realtors here. Uh, second, the mortgage broker, um, that is, oh man, no, everyone makes that mistake and they don't figure it out until about their fourth or fifth property because, um, when they're getting denied, they all chase the lowest interest rate. And when Mm -hmm. you're chasing the lowest interest rate, you know, just go with whatever bank has the lowest interest rate. You've only got one mortgage. I mean, it's easy, but what happens is that, um, and this is, this is such a fucked up game. Um, and you can't understand. I've tried, trust me. You just have to rely on your mortgage broker, but, um, if you go with a certain lender over here, they allow, you know, they have a nice low interest rate, 30 year amortization, 80% loan to value, but they'll allow you to have this many mortgages. And this lender over here has a slightly higher, um, uh, interest rate, Um, but they'll allow you to have this many mortgages. And this lender over here does 25 year amortization and 25, uh, 75% loan to value. And there are interest rates over here, but you can do this. There's, you have to be very strategic. I guess what I'm in, in a, I'll, to sum it all up, sometimes you have to actually have to go with a lender who has less desirable terms in order to make sure you can get more mortgages down the road. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard for new investors to, to grasp that. Um, but 
again, an investor-focused mortgage broker is going to ask you, okay, how many mortgages do you want to get? And if you say 20, they're going to be like, okay, I'm going to send you here first. I know it's going to, I know it looks a little more expensive. I know you got to put more money down, but trust me, if you want to get those 20 mortgages, you got to go with them first. It's strategic. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Anyways, I, I'd love to get more into that with you and, and thank you for calling in um, actually. And we're doing a giveaway today. I'm just going to give it to you for calling in, you know, <laughs> and we didn't have to bait you with a carrot. So uh, it's a free 30 minute coaching call. It's worth 125 bucks. So um, email. email us at info at reimorningshow.com and we'll get that uh, set up. And I'd love to go further into that with you and I can give you some recommendations for Edmonton. All right. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. Awesome. No worries. Thanks, As a little side note here, uh, Kathleen just took the lead. She bumped Robbie and I down. Oh, and she is holding the number one spot. Oh, on she, she took the inside <laughs> corner when he was talking. My gosh, this is oh, this is this is a good race. Yeah, uh, Ryan says I feel like a great mortgage broker for real estate investing. Likely the most important person on your team. Yeah, for sure. Oh boy. Yeah, I would love to see that debate. I would love to see that debate yeah. uh, with the broker, the lawyer, the accountant, and Ooh, the realtor. Accountant. Put a put a stick, a sharp stick in the middle of the room and just let them go at yeah. it. Who's going to win? Who's coming out on top? Yeah. And you guys, that's actually- That's I'm... a joke. <laughs> you didn't laugh. <laughs> Sorry. You, you, the second you said accountant, my mind just like to- totally left the conversation. Oh, you're just thinking about taxes that you haven't finished yet? Uh, no, but thank you, Wayne. <laughs> now I am. <laughs> you mean that I haven't gotten started on yet? Yeah. Um, no, but accountant is so, so, so important. And I wish we had really realized that like years ago, because, you know, I'd say like your first couple of properties is like, whatever, you could probably file your own taxes if you mm-hmm. want. But I, re- I don't recommend you do. I recommend you hire somebody because, you know, there's stuff you're going to miss or not think about. And you can get some, you know, good advice on stuff to, to claim. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like after you have a few properties or right from the get-go, hire a really good investor-focused accountant. Don't think about the price tag. And that was actually right off the bat, we did hire an um, Mm investor-focused accountant. They were so expensive and we were not getting the time of day with them. Like they were not giving us any time. They were billing us for every little like email or quick quick question like everything yeah every paper clip every staple every everything like we were being billed yeah like crazy up the butt up the butt thank you sorry i just (laughs) want to finish your sentence i know i i tried to stop myself and thank you for filling it in (laughs) um and so we dropped them and we went to just like a little um home-based uh accountant in our neighborhood and she was yeah she was attached to our backyard i think yeah literally around the corner um and she was fantastic i loved her i loved working with her she loved our portfolio it was like um it was uh different from the other stuff she got to work on so it was always just great conversation we got to walk over i got to walk over yeah it was it was fantastic but until what was it last year yeah yeah literally like a decade into investing we realized like okay we need to step things up here. We're doing a lot of different stuff and you know what I mean? So we we switched to somebody that was highly recommended in the investing world. Yeah. Again, getting those really good recommendations from people who are in it doing it. And he blew us out of the water on our first meeting. And yeah. halfway through the meeting, I was like, stop the conversation. And I was like, so honey, can we hire him please? And yeah. Wayne's like, yep. 
And I'm like, okay, you're hired. Now let's carry on with the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and since then, like everything has, has changed about how everything's structured, um, certain stuff going through the corporation, certain stuff not. Like just literally he was like, you guys are not utilizing like the the benefits of, you know, yeah. how this can be structured. We need to basically like start from scratch and re put, you know, like every, reorganize everything, reorganize everything. And, um, had we known that earlier on, like we could have saved probably a a bundle of money. Yeah, for sure. So it's not about that bill that comes in because he is expensive. He's expensive, but he's a, you know, the extra money that we're making, it covers it though. Yeah, exactly. And just to have the proper structure moving forward is, is priceless. So yeah, getting those right people on your team. I might be team accountant. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> i might be leaning towards it as well emmanuel's got a question here all right hey guys how's it going good morning, morning Emmanuel. yeah so going back a little bit to providing solutions for clients <laughs> and helping them out what comes to mind uh, for me is rent to own and how that could solve um certain people's problems that are looking mm-hmm. to, to to get affordable housing um but just kind of forward to so i guess my question would be how do you know that rent to own would solve a problem for a certain person how do you know that it's right for a specific tenant and i guess a follow-up question to that would be what kind of terms do you want to put in there to make sure that um you're protected and they're protected as well and that it's a safe investment i could talk an hour on this. This is one of those, <laughs> those one of those answers that I could rant on. Um, full transparency, um, rent to own, in my opinion, is a big gimmick. Um, the, for for the way that most people are running rent to own programs, they're running it as a gimmick. They are it's smoke and mirrors. Um, because if you explained, let's just not my examples of how I do my rent owns, but for the way that most people do rent owns, um, they if they explained it properly to the tenant buyer, the tenant buyer would never do it because it's just it's it's a glorified savings program, right? They're not getting any benefits of the the especially in our market, they're not getting any benefits of the appreciation of the property. They're not getting any mortgage pay down, and they're paying market rent, which they're supposed to, plus an option every month towards, you know, their down payment. So what it turns out to be is a glorified savings program. They could rent and save an extra three to $800 a month. They could. There's no, there's no benefits to being in a program. So, and, and, and when you're in a rent own program, you're like, in most cases, you're responsible for all of the um, repairs and maintenance. So it's, it's for most people, it doesn't make any sense. There are a there is a small um, there is a small percentage of prospects who actually can benefit, and if you do it properly, um, you can help a lot of people out. There are some prospects who don't want to rent anymore. They don't want to move every year. They don't want their landlord to sell the house. They want to choose the home of their choice and work towards buying it. In the meantime, they want to live in it now perfect for them um so that's 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 my thoughts on rent to own 
to be honest, uh, as you were talking, it kind of made me think about it and I completely forgot his question. <laughs> <laughs> who, I think it was something along the lines of who is it, who is it, who would benefit from it and how do we choose them? Something along those lines? Yeah. Um, if you were speaking with a tenant who made an application for one of your rentals and you kind of heard out their situation, uh, how do you know that it's right for them? I guess you get, you kind of just answered that. Is, um, but I also asked, what kind of terms would you want to put in your contract to make sure that you're protected and that um, um, you mitigate some of the risks that are involved with rent-to-own? Well, rent-to-own, uh, again, it's that gimmick thing of smoke and mirrors, is a very low-risk investment for the, for the owner or the seller um, because rent-to-own is a gimmick name. What it actually is is it's a lease option. So they, there's still a lease contract. There's a rental contract. And then there's an additional one-page contract that is external, that is not included in the, re- in the lease contract. That It's a one-pager that says that this person has the option. And if I don't know if you're familiar with stock options, just an option. You can Google it. Um, the option to buy a property at this price. So normally, you'll take today's value and determine what you think the value is going to be in a couple of years when it's done, and you put that value. So if it's worth three hundred today, you say in three years you have the option to buy it for three hundred and twenty thousand. Um, and in consideration of that option, you're going to send consideration payments or option payments. Um, you know, there's an upfront option payment, there's monthly option payments um, for that right to buy it or that option to buy it at that price. And then how they structure it is that if you do exercise your option to purchase it, then all of your option payments will be credited towards the purchase. And that basically means you can use it as your down payment. So the risk for an investor is very low because if if the tenant buyer buys it, great. It's easy there's no, there's no problems. If they don't buy it, you keep all of their option payments, which is, you know. Or there could be a, a small portion refunded. It's so it's it's a very very low risk um, agreement. Um, it like if the tenant fails, you know, you the option uh, agreement is void. And then it, go, it, it goes back to the lease agreement. And then you just follow the process for, you know, an eviction. Very simple. Like, hey, you didn't make your payment. Therefore, your option is void, you know, and you're in default. And you're also in default to your lease agreement. So here's your eviction notice. It's not like an agreement for sale where, you know, it's, there's a, you know, there's a large contract that's registered on title. It's an option and options. As soon as they default on it, it's gone. And as soon as they default on their lease agreement, you just follow the regular process, you know, procedures for, for, for evicting a tenant. So very, very low risk. You don't really have to put very much in there. Um, yeah, it's a great business for an investor, but again, you know, there's not a lot of people who can actually benefit from that problem with rent to own is that people just, you know, they throw it out this big gimmick and they were like, Oh yeah, I, 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 why, why would I rent when I can own, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Thanks guys. I'm not bashing. No, no problem, buddy. Um, and I'm, I'm not bashing rent to own either. It's, It's just, it needs to be done correctly. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you need to take a course and get the proper paperwork and all that kind of stuff. You would not believe how many people 
reach just, out to me through Messenger, through Instagram DM. That are just trying to do it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, where do I find a contract? I'm like, I or how do I do rent to own? And and I'll ask them first, have you taken a course? No, but I don't need to. Like I don't like I, you know, I've I've talked to enough people. I got it. And then like I will not, and I'll tell them, I will not give you advice on any strategies unless you take a course. Because the information that I give you, I don't want you to take that and go and do a half-ass rent-to-own or a half-ass agreement for sale. Like that's yeah. that now that's on me because I just I enabled you. So yeah. go take the three hundred dollar course, you cheap. Yeah, he oh, Wayne just mouthed the f bomb. You cheap f bomb. I'll, I'll curse, but that, <laughs> that just seemed a little vulgar. Um, kind of, kind of. I don't know. Are we considering this a family show? <laughs> it's we got such a cute picture, and then if you scroll back, it's like REI dad, real estate investor dad. He's a dad and investor. <laughs> but he's a hustler too. <laughs> I should be careful how I speak. There's a lot of, there's a lot of passion behind me. And, and on that note, um, I'm so happy for the direction that we're going with this morning show. Yeah. Um, and cause there's a hundred some odd episodes of the REI dad podcast. And you know, a lot of it was interviews. I, I didn't really get to talk. Yeah. I, I asked questions yeah. and other people talked. And when I did do segments, I'm like, okay, I'll do segments. It's just me and a microphone. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, here's your top three tips for finding the best rental property in Edmonton. Like, it's, that's, that's not me. So I'm, I'm glad I get to be myself. I'm glad that you're here. Um, I'm glad to Gabby. be here, Wayne. And uh, yeah, now, now you get the real Wayne. He curses sometimes, and he's very because passionate. Because people cheap fucks. <laughs> <laughs> there, this, I said it. <laughs> this is what people need to know, though. It's it's not the it's, you know what I mean. It there's there's enough information out there. What what people need is is the real day to day, honest truth. Yeah, and don't's a gimmick if you do it wrong. Yeah, it's not fair. Yeah, no, it's not. We are always <clears throat> in the mindset, and you should two of win-win creating win-win solutions mm -hmm. if somebody is not winning you're not doing it right and you should quit and get out of the game yep Ooh, speaking of win-win speaking of win-win um our guest for tomorrow yes is the win-win king yeah barry <laughs> barry mcguire is on tomorrow we're gonna be talking about getting creative in real estate yeah, you guys don't don't miss it tomorrow. Get up, set your alarms, get up, be be here on time. Barry McGuire is a real estate lawyer here in Edmonton, and he is the king of everything, king of win-win, king of creative, king of being awesome person. Um, him and his wife, Donna, are just pure gold, and um, they've done so much for us in our real estate investing um, path that we've taken. And uh, we always feel like, we owe them the world for, you know, taught helping us. Yeah. They, taught us everything. Ev getting like us my whole business yeah. was built off of things they taught me. Yeah. And, um, we're very, very lucky to be having him on our show tomorrow morning. He's going to provide a ton of value to you guys. And he's also going to be at our real estate investing, uh, cabin retreat, which is incredible. Wow. Just yeah. like, I, I can't believe that that's happening. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, set your alarms and don't be late, you guys. Tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. 
uh, an incredible giveaway tomorrow too. Whew, yeah. Oh God, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> um, be there, participate. Maybe I'll say it. You know what? For the people that come every day and the people that are here today, you get a yeah. little bit of a heads up. So tomorrow, um, we haven't quite figured out how this is going to be awarded yet. It's not going to be a call in. You're going to have to work for this one. Yeah. Um, tomorrow, he's giving away in. an agreement for sale home study kit. Value? Uh, buy me a minute. Okay. I, it's do, 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 click 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 that's not how you wanted me to buy the minute is it uh, <laughs> yeah yeah ryan says wow yeah agreement for sale home study kit this is the the um real estate investing method that really changed everything for us broke yeah. it wide open and yeah it's it's an incredible program course thousand bucks thousand dollars value you guys he's just giving it away yeah. but yeah like wayne said you're gonna have to work for it yeah definitely need to work for it uh yeah everybody's i'll be there i'll be there i'll be there yeah you better be there <laughs> yeah that's that's the course that changed it all for us um that i oh man i'm just i'm thinking back now and i'm yeah. remembering when i made that decision that was one of the first big decisions in real estate investing that i made because yeah. we were just floating for a while and um we were doing stuff and then i um I we're doing even, stuff <laughs> like you know like we had rental properties and like we were doing stuff but like we weren't we weren't taking it seriously or we were very stubborn we didn't want to invest any money and oh man we did not have the cash i think we put it on a credit card and oh we 1000 percent put it on a credit card and when you told me that not only you were going to take the course but that you wanted me to come as well it was in person of course at yeah. that time and um i can't remember the price tag like it was like 1500 bucks or something per person yeah it yeah was, so, we spent three grand yeah. yeah like that was to us we were just getting started like that was a lot of money and yeah we definitely swiped the credit card on that one and left going like what the Fuck. We just were happened. We were shell shocked. Completely like, overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But wow, what a game changer. Yeah. It's um that was a leap of faith. Yeah. It was one of those pivotal moments in our life. A huge pivotal moment. It was in just, just like we didn't know what we were gonna get. We knew at that particular time the thought process was zero money down yeah, we like, don't you know, have buy money. real estate without any of your own money or mortgages that was that wasn't how they marketed it but that's how that's what i was looking for yeah and we walked in that room and i thought i was the fucking smartest person in the world i walked in that room and i walked out feeling like so dumb so dumb like i did not know what was possible until i went into that room yeah. and uh you know it kind of it, it it put me on my heels for a little bit there for a few months like i was yeah. thinking like Shit, I thought I was really smart. <laughs> I was just trying to make sense of it. I was like, what did we just learn? And how do you actually like, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> like, I was just, I was like confused. Yeah. It was so much information about a topic that I knew nothing about. <laughs> well, you know, and I say that to Donna, um, Barry's wife. Um, and I, I've said that before. And she's like, wait, it doesn't sound very good when you say you didn't, you couldn't grasp it. And it means we're not good teachers. Well, the problem was the first course we took, it was the AFS intensive. Yeah. Uh, so it was the advanced version. <laughs> was it AFS intensive or yeah. rapid cash? No, AFS, it was AFS oh, intensive. yeah. So it was like deep dive AFS. Deep. 
yeah, it wasn't just like rapid cash is kind of like the basics of each of the strategies. Yeah. This was like going deep on Advanced something we knew nothing about. And we were new investors. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, we just went for it. <laughs> this uh, this AFS home study kit um, is actually includes, um, so it, it's got a video and audio from one of the events. Um, and and awesome. we were at it, or at least I was at that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I can tell you it's good because I was in it. Um, <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> and uh, I know a few, a few of the listeners today, they, they, they've taken it as well. And it's it's by far the best one they've ever done. And it includes all the contracts. It includes the audio, the video. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Has it's, Emmanuel, did Emmanuel take the AFS um, yeah. home study? Yes, he did. Yeah, and he's out there uh, securing AFS deals. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Success story. We got a couple questions. Uh, Jared uh, said it's so good. Yes. yes. Um, we had a question earlier and I want to answer it. Uh, and then I've got about 20 messages I haven't read yet. But have you ever thought about investing in other markets besides Edmonton? No. Well, Leduc? Yeah. <laughs> Leduc. Leduc <laughs> we own a bunch in Leduc as well. Um, because of the fact, and I think we talked about this earlier. Oh, no, this is another story. I'm thinking about something else. Because of the fact that we um, we do oversee management mm-hmm. um, and we were property managing originally, we kept it close to home. That's one part of it. The other part is that just me personally, just I, I like the stability of the Edmonton market. Yeah. Um, we've been through just about every possible disaster that we can have. You know, fill in the ask 10 years ago or 15 years ago, um, ask someone about all the possible things that, you know, their big risks and and real estate or all the things that can happen. And we literally hit all of them. We hit, you know, 2008 when the whenever the boom or the sort of the, 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 the real estate crisis or whatever. Um, we had uh, the Fort Mac fires. We had uh, the flood in Fort Mac. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Calgary floods. By the way, it's all that really screwed up our insurances mm-hmm. um, in, in Alberta. Mm-hmm. Uh, it screwed up uh, condo insurance as well. Um, we had uh, the oil. Uh, oil prices dropped like crazy. We had the uh, the carbon tax. You guys remember the carbon tax? You remember that? Remember when we said that all everyone was complaining about the carbon tax? Uh, we had a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leduc was supposed to be the next big city, and it didn't. <laughs> it hasn't I'll, re- I'll rephrase it hasn't so now is a good time to buy it's nice and low it's, it's <laughs> yeah it's it's still it will it's you know and then aurora like a cannabis is, you know was supposed to boom you know now they're getting out of here <laughs> and it, oh, so anyways everything went wrong and Almost, it's still yeah. and it still has stayed exactly the same in value right and the rents are still the same yeah and it's just it's it's a tough, it's a tough little town. It's a tough little town. And we have so much, even, you know, a, a large majority of, of Edmonton workers are trades like yeah. for oil and gas trades. It is a hub for, you know, supplying, you know, piping, um, and supplies for, uh, the oil sands, mm-hmm. right? Calgary as well, but a little more, a little more white collar and Edmonton's a little more blue collar. So when, when there's no projects going on, oil's down, there's no one working. I mean, but we still keep on trucking yeah. and vacancy rates are still nice. They're good. 
um, rates, uh, sorry, our values of the properties have stayed the same. So all that can, that I like stability. I yeah. like the fact that I've still got mortgage paid on all my properties. I still got great cash, cash flow. flow. Yeah. Um, I, I like that more than, you know, um, my house doubling in value in Ottawa. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people doing really good stuff over there. And, but, you know, have a look at all those people that are making money in London, New Brunswick, Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver. Where are they putting their money? Literally all of them are like, hey, does anyone know an Edmonton realtor? Yeah. Because it's stable. It's safe. So that's that's why I'm, I just I don't bother going into other cities. I could try and learn it, but I feel like I'd just be rolling the dice, mm-hmm. just hoping to, you know, to to double up um, so that I can just bring the money back here anyways. Mm-hmm. So I'm. Yeah, we're good. That's my answer. Yeah. Um, I think we're at uh, pretty much time. I'm not we? done. <laughs> just going Calm down. Just going Calm down. We need longer than an hour. Uh, lots and lots of people are going to be coming in for tomorrow to see Barry. Um, you got questions about creative strategies, flips, JVs, AFS. Yeah. Rent to own. Assignments, wholesale. Okay. Emmanuel asked why Leduc. Well, I kind of answered yeah. it. Why Leduc? Because um, there was so much projected growth for Leduc. Leduc um, is uh, about 15 minutes, 15 minutes south of Edmonton. Um, and right between Leduc and Edmonton is is um, there's an industrial town called uh, Nisku. And Nisku is just like, there's no houses in Nisku. What there is, it's, it's on the side of the highway. Um, but Nisku is is uh, is a big provider. It's right. That's where the airport is. So um, lots of welding shops, machine shops, uh, warehouse bays, and stuff like that. So it's a lot of storage. It's a lot of fabrication. Mm-hmm. Um, they're right close to the airport, so that when they were building the Aurora Cannabis there, you know, all of that, you know, the rents were supposed to go up in that in Leduc, sorry, in Nisku, um, because um, premium outlet mall, Costco. Oh, the premium outlet yeah. mall, Costco, casino. <laughs> casino racetrack racetrack um it's just that whole area and not to mention the fact that beaumont which is a little to the east is getting closer and closer to edmonton and closer and closer to to nisku and leduc so it's just like that whole little 10 to 15 minute stretch between edmonton nisku and and leduc used to be bare land now it's growing and then the amazon uh, amazon was coming to leduc it's yeah um, manufacturing facility. So like all of it was pointing towards Leduc that the values were, cause Leduc, um, was always about 30 or $40,000 less. The same house was worth about 30 or $40,000 less than Leduc. So yeah. it's great. Yeah. Um, you get the same rents as Leduc and some, uh, sorry, as Edmonton. Sometimes more. Sometimes more. And the thing I love most about Leduc. You mean that I love most. That Gabby loves the most because I, I don't feel vacancies. Is the tenants quality of tenants? Holy shit! Yeah, it's like a gigantic step up from anything you find in Edmonton. Gigantic. Like I will do twenty viewings in Edmonton and be like, "Who are these people?" (laughs) And then I'll do like I'll have five set up in Leduc for the same day, and I'm like, "Oh my god, who am I going to pick?" 
Like it's just like night and day. Yeah. It's like night a nurse and, and a CEO and they make $300,000 a year <laughs> and they're going to rent your, your $1,700 main or your single family and house. And so family focused. And the thing here also is that there's so many people who still um, fly in and out of uh, to Fort Mac and stuff. Because the airport's so close. Yeah, the airport's so close. So you have just like tons of, um, you know, you could look at that as maybe not quite so stable income because of everything going on. But um for the most part, it's just like super family friendly, like people want to be close to the airport, that type of stuff. It's yeah, it's incredible. I love yeah. Leduc. Everyone loves Leduc for that small town feeling, but it's not quite a small town. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is that like, like we kind of mentioned a little bit earlier is that like the prices of housing are <clears throat> down. Like it, you guys go jump on realtor.ca oh, and look ridiculous. at the same house in Edmonton and the same house in Leduc and like you can get a killer killer deal right now crazy cash flow. I was just telling my mom I'm like mom do you want to move to Leduc like prices are insanely low like ditch BC come join us <laughs> when people when people um do the remember when you know conversations or I these, wish I would have or I wish I would have conversations yeah. At these networking events, like, oh man, I wish I would have bought in 2006. My house would have gone up in value $150,000 and I wouldn't, whatever. I, well, too bad I bought in 2009. When you look back, um, people will look back at these moments and realize, why didn't I buy when it was so goddamn cheap? Yeah. Like we bought when it was cheap. Um, we bought a bunch of Leduc real estate five or six, seven years ago, something like yeah. that. And um, it was cheap and everything was looking up and then it went down further. It went down. Yeah. And some people will be like, oh man, I bought in Leduc and it went down $30,000 in value. No, it just it didn't hit the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> we just, you know, and to be honest, we should be buying more. Yeah. We should be buying a lot more. Um, there's so many opportunities for agreement for sales here as well. Yeah. Um, you know, people, not investors, but homeowners where their value has gone down significantly and maybe they lost all their equity and they just need out. Mm-hmm lot of opportunities yeah right so you, <laughs> lots of new built areas people buying getting in and then needing to leave yeah and moving back yeah. home yeah. so like tons of people from the east coast here like huge population of east yeah. coast people in Leduc. because they want to fly in fly out yeah. and they didn't want to live in the big city yeah but lots of them have headed back to the east coast have yeah. moved back and so yeah there's tons of people just trying to get rid of properties and don't have the equity there yeah, so uh, that's what I think about Leduc, Emmanuel. Yeah. Uh, yes, <laughs> it's it. I I am I can't wait to to pull up this episode in the future. I'm going to make a note in like yeah. I don't know five I'm years of my like, calendar. We told you back in 2021. Oh, and sorry, I, we won't be old fogies in five years. But I hope not. <laughs> um, that's uh, uh, just just like the townhouse stuff. I told people that like townhouses are down right now, like very low and huge opportunity. And people are going to look back because 2016, they were worth $240,000. Today, they're worth one forty. Like, you think it's going to stay like that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. Give me a break. Especially with all this inflation stuff, which is a whole other podcast episode. But uh, okay, fine. Oh, one more. Wrap it up. One more. Well, what about Beaumont? Who said that? I don't know. Um, X-S-F-Y-H-G-H-V-N-B. Yeah, we don't know who you are. Um Beaumont is a the small French town in between Nisku and Edmonton. Um, different to the east. Different. Yeah. Uh, rents don't. Prices are a bit higher. Prices are a little higher. Yeah. Um, Beautiful little town though. It's a gorgeous little yeah. town. They got it's a, great. They got a great little uh, French restaurant there. 
Um, is it Chartier? Chartier. Chartier. Yeah. Chartier. Oh, Delicious. Très magnifique. Um, <laughs> if you like eggs, Benedict. Um, <laughs> and a good fried goose. Um, very, very nice restaurant. Farm to table. It. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Um, the opportunity isn't the same as Leduc, though. No. Uh, I, f- I find it a little more fancy. I feel um, like everybody in Leduc would love to live in Beaumont, though. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Everybody's always like, Beaumont's so nice. Yeah, yeah. Well... Just, yeah, I'd, I'd say definitely not the same opportunity to buy low. And and I have no clue. I'm I'm guessing the tenant profile is probably really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, go walk into a bar in Beaumont, and I'm pretty Look sure 90% of people. the people have their pinky up when they're drinking their beer. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm going to get bashed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get some hate for Sorry, Beaumontians for or Beaumont whatever you call jokes. yourself. It's, it's a nice town. It's a nice little town, but it's not Leduc. <laughs> Jared. <laughs> All right. I think we should wrap her up. Thanks, everybody, for joining in. See you guys tomorrow morning. Uh, Have a yeah, great hump day. Come in live. Okay. Got to gotta your, bring your questions see in for Barry. Yeah. All right. See you tomorrow morning. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 